Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliet Lamar, and joining us today is David Frogale. He is the co-founder and chief product officer at Autonomy. And David, I think I said your last name wrong. No, you got it correct. Absolutely. If we were in Italy, it'd be pronounced Frogale, but we do Frogale here in the U.S., so you got it right. Perfect. All right. Well, David, why don't you go ahead and give us an insight into what Autonomy is and does? Yeah, absolutely. So, so thanks, Juliet. And autonomy um, is is tackling the problem in IoT, um, so the Internet of Things, in which um, devices in in the world. So, if you think of sensors or smartphones or the various autonomous vehicle sensors that are out there enabling this future reality, where we're going to have many, many millions, billions of devices connecting. Um, there's an issue of trust in which um, hacks are occurring, cybersecurity issues are out there, and autonomy is is bringing a blockchain-based platform that will enable trusted interoperability among all of those devices. And, and it's leveraging blockchain technology. It's, it's enabling a world of trust and interoperability, um, essentially so that uh, the users of these devices can have a, uh, an autonomous reassurance that the devices are behaving as they were originally designed and operating as. And, and that is, I definitely think, the one of the number one issues with, with all these things is, is you don't know if you're being hacked. You don't know if it's working properly. So why don't you give us some insight into, into how it all works? Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, you know, autonomy is blockchain-based. So what we are looking at is establishing a digital identity for each device. So when a device is manufactured, and let's just assume maybe it's a Samsung device, Samsung will... Um, register that device on the autonomy network, and that will issue a digital identity. And that digital identity is a digital signature that's stored on the blockchain. And right now we are leveraging the Ethereum network. So we're on the Ethereum uh, virtual machine in which um, that record, that digital identity will be created on the Ethereum chain through the autonomy network. And then after the record has been created and that device is then sent to let's say you, Juliet, and you purchase that smart refrigerator or smart Samsung TV, um, that device will get activated, which will then create another record on the Ethereum chain, which is linked to your um, personal information, your name, and, and that is protected with some privacy-enabled features. And then that device will live its life out. So it'll perform positively or it might perform negatively where it gets hacked. And that behavior, that history will then be stored as well on the blockchain. So the blockchain brings a couple key features that we think is helping us solve this problem in IoT around trust and security. It's that one, it's this distributed ledger, which is an immutable ledger in which we can store all around the world on the Ethereum network. And that provides a level of redundancy and resilience from a history of the device. Secondly, it's the distribution of that. So the distributed system that underpins the Ethereum network. Uh, we find that very attractive as well. And then thirdly, it's this um, tokenization. So the token that we are launching, the autonomy token, will be an incentive for developers, for device manufacturers, and users to perform positive behaviors 
um, in this space by, let's say, for example, downloading the latest software upgrade for your device. Um, you would be incentivized on the autonomy network to do that and be rewarded with tokens, which allows for a economic incentive to finally make its way into the security world to realign the behaviors and realign incentives to um, push its world, this world, towards more positive security um, posture versus uh, where we are today with, with major security issues. So, so that's a little bit more about how it works, but um, essentially I think the key points are you know, leveraging that blockchain-based system in order to provide that secure interoperability. And giving people incentive, like you were mentioning with the tokenization, you know, that, that small step can really create a lot of change as soon as you incentivize people to do things. Now it's on their own terms and they're getting, they're getting positive reinforcement for that. And that's, that's huge. Yeah, honestly, like my, the crowning achievement in innovation of blockchain, um, I think is to me the tokenization element. A lot of people talk about the, um, the decentralized network, the immutable ledger, and, and there's been a lot of you know, projects that are focused on even distributed ledger technology on a private network. You know, I, I really think that, that that achievement of tokenization allows us to rethink a lot of different systems in our world that may have flaws that could be realigned. And I think in security, this is absolutely paramount, is the tokenization brings that level of realignment to an otherwise misaligned system. So give us a few use cases so people can really put this idea to work. Uh, give us some of the, the use cases that you like the most. Uh, for me, one of the most important use cases is related to um, everything we're hearing about around autonomous vehicles. Uh, I think we've all you know, seen the news around you know, some of the issues we've had with autonomous vehicles running into crashes, and I think we've had um, a lot of hype as well, you know, around the future in which, you know, we will transform the way that our transportation occurs. And we, we see that as a great opportunity here for autonomy. And some of the reasons why are the, the heterogeneity of that use case, meaning that there are many, many devices that are going to need to connect to an autonomous vehicle. And that's an area where Many, many unsecure connections can lead to problems. And that's probably one of the bigger use cases that we see as an early adoption for autonomy. Absolutely. I mean, that is something that is, is, is a life-changing, either when it works, it's life-changing, but it could also be very dangerous. And, and in those particular industries, as well as with healthcare, that seems to be something that autonomy could really lend itself to. Yeah. I mean, absolutely on healthcare, too. That's, that's probably, you know, right up there, if not, you know, exceeding that just because of the trend here, even in the U.S., right? We have an aging population. We have a lot of need for healthcare to be delivered in new, innovative ways. And, you know, that can be done remotely with a lot of the technologies around medical wearables that we're seeing. And But, you know, with that comes risk. And a lot of that risk is related to the loss of key personal information. So biometric data coming off of a patient's device that's been commit, you know, sent to the cloud or sent to another um, reporting engine for various analysis from a healthcare perspective, that needs to be secure. And, and that's an area where we're talking as another beachhead. And that's um, another great use case for this. And, uh, and you know, what's the common thread here is, is risk, right? So the areas where there's a higher risk from a security perspective, those are areas where we're gravitating our focus right now to help target solve those problems. Absolutely. And you know, to give our listeners, I'm pretty sure most people understand the gravity of the risk that they are they are taking on when it comes to using these devices. But 
do you have any any numbers for us or or examples of of how big a problem this is with security? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I always go back to um, some of the analyst research. So Gartner Research always puts out just fantastic research related to some of the the, the sheer volume and numbers that we're talking about. Uh, you know, according to Gartner, they they indicate that there's five million with an M, new devices, new connected devices every day that are coming online. And that's already in a world where there's 8 billion with a B devices. So what that means, if you if you do the math there on their forecast, that's 75 billion new devices, you know, over the next decade by 2025 that will be, you know, out in the world talking to each other. And when you when you just think of that, I mean, 75 billion is a big number. And if you actually think through what the number of connections there are between those 75, <laughs> that's um, what we like to say is it's equivalent to the number of grains of sand on earth. So if you think of where we are now with our current cyber and security capabilities, we can't control the 8 billion devices that are getting hacked, the thermostats that are leading into pathways to personal identifiable information, into these big corporates that are having to put major cybersecurity dollars towards a budget to defend against you know large nation state actors that are coming after their data. It's a big issue, and and I think that's where you know, where we currently are in the world already a problem. When you layer in all of those numbers, it's an exponential issue, and it's an exponential threat that's coming. So I think that's where we just see the big opportunity, the magnitude, and uh, you know, the number of grains of sand on Earth is is just I think a great analogy to think through the number of interactions between all those devices, which um, you know I think helps fuel the the argument for a need for change. Absolutely, I mean. I... As a user, you think these things are working seamlessly, and you're not, you know, you're you're trusting them, but you don't realize everything that's going on under the hood. And the magnitude of when I think of of just one beach, you know, with sand is is it's it's unimaginable, really, and unattainable. So it's getting ahead of these these safety protocols is is really mm-hmm. the only way to attack it. It's really the only way to go yeah, about it. I would, I would, yeah, and I would also say, I mean, what, what you mentioned there is that the human if you think about it, really needs to be removed from the day-to-day. Like We could not mm-hmm. expect the human in a world where all of their devices in their home and their life is, is going to be connected. We can't expect them to you know, reasonably manage and govern all those devices. So there needs to be, and this is where we go with our, you know, the name autonomy, is there needs to be an autonomous solution to this world with autonomous devices. And that solution needs to be one where there's autonomous governance, which, one in which it almost operates like Wi-Fi. It's something that occurs behind the scenes for the consumer, but the consumer and the user can trust that they've set the parameters and if something does happen to go wrong, that there will be an action taken. And with the autonomy network, we're going to have a reputation service where reputation of devices, similar to a FICO score or a credit score for us as humans. So if I want to interact with you, I want to verify that if we exchange economic value, that you're above a certain credit score limit, let's say 700. And if you're below that, then maybe I say no or I do further diligence. Same with devices. They'll need to do that autonomously. And our reputation engine will have that ability to do a quote-unquote FICO score on a device when they connect. And it will be able to say yes or no. And if that device is interacting on a repeated basis in a series and that device gets hacked, another device, the ability of that the device reputation service will decrement the score and then brick the device and turn it off the network. So you need to have that level of autonomous trust and action in there, but still be able to have the ability to reset and change your risk threshold based on you know, how your, your sort of profile is changing in your use case. But um, that's, that's kind of where we're foreseeing 
the future needs there around around this world and a little bit more insight into what we're building. Absolutely. So take us through, you know, the user experience. How how are people going to access autonomy? Is it going to be through our service providers, or is it going to be something that we personally use? Yeah. So from a consumer perspective, um, you know, we're, we're still at a very early stage. We launched our SDK, so you can go out on GitHub and download it if you're more of a developer. But in the future, kind of as we're envisioning the user experience, the, the consumer will have almost like an Intel Inside model, where if you remember, like in the day where you had Intel Inside on, on all the computers, you had that level of trust through that brand. We, we would envision a similar thing with autonomy, meaning that the devices that you buy in the future will be stamped with the autonomy protocol, and we have the, the code for autonomy inside, and that the user would have that trust when they purchase the devices, and then when they get home, they can activate the device. It connects seamlessly to the autonomy network, and then the level of trust and autonomous governance for that device occurs um, that point moving forward. Now there will be, you know, I think in our in our mind a need to have kind of a graphical user interface or some level of an app, let's say, for the the device owners to actually see their portfolio devices, set parameters for what that FICO score should be for each one. And that could be more of a premium service or more of your advanced user. But we would envision like a basic service and then more of a premium service from that perspective. So that's how the consumers would use it. But when you think of this world of IoT, you're going to have many of the B2B type consumers. So the smart city CIO, for example, that might have many, many sensors that are operating in that city deployment environment, maybe monitoring public safety or transportation. In those cases, we would have more of an enterprise solution, which would allow for um, a, a UI dashboard data analytics platform so they can manage not just the security, but also the operational performance of you know the devices and the data that's coming off of that that can now be more trusted because it has the autonomy protocol underneath it. So that's um, kind of the multiple segments that we would have from our market. But um, ultimately, from a consumer standpoint, we want it to, again, operate like Wi-Fi. It's something that occurs in the background. If the consumer wants to engage and take more of a hands-on role, they'll have that ability through an advanced setting service. So. Very cool. David, give us a little bit of background about yourself. You know, what brought you to being the co-founder of Autonomy? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually ran across um, Bitcoin uh, a handful of years ago when I was doing grad school um, back at MIT. And I was looking at a lot of issues just related to, you know, how did um, how did we get into this financial crisis back in 2008 and had more intellectual um, ambitions in that regard because I had a background actually working on some of the um, the bailout programs back during the financial crisis and had that perspective and then came across Bitcoin back at MIT where everyone was talking about it in 2014. And, and I just sort of stumbled onto a meeting and got into a class and started to d dig around and discover blockchain. And after discovering blockchain, saw some of the answers to the questions that I had around the financial crisis and just got you know right into the rabbit hole at that point. And um, after, after finishing grad school, in 2015, went to um, went to PwC, the consulting firm, started to help them build some blockchain capabilities, and worked on two sides of what I would call the crypto industry. One is crypto for good, where we worked on building some prototypes for the international development community to move funds and supplies for humanitarian aid and international development, leveraging blockchain. And this was pretty early days, with 2015-ish. And then what I would call blockchain kind of um, and the, on the uh, the other side of the coin, you know, the dark side of crypto, so to speak, 
where we actually did some forensic work for um, some of the U.S. government agencies that were exploring counterterrorism issues and how um, potentially ISIS was using Bitcoin. So we did some pretty interesting work there, tracing Bitcoin transactions, um, working with some technologies that could de-anonymize the identity behind Bitcoin transactions. And so I had those two sides of the coin of experience. So I had kind of this security flair to some of the work that I was doing, which led me to IoT, um, this problem that autonomy was looking to solve, met the team, had some had some ideas, early commitments there to help advise, and then just very quickly saw the potential. And from my perspective, at that point in time, I wanted to really push blockchain beyond just finance, push it beyond just mobile payments and remittances, and really test the limits. And I felt IoT, there's no, no question with the number of interactions between devices and scale requirements and all the future needs around that industry, the blockchain could be there as a great solution and it would help push the entire blockchain community forward. So that was really my motivation behind it. And, um, you know, I think it's been a fantastic ride. We just got through the um, token sale a couple of weeks ago. So now we are officially, you know, live. And that's um, been an exciting experience to go through with a lot of, uh, you know, great stories along the way going through that process over the last, you know, nine months. And, uh, yeah, so that's a little bit more about my experience, and it's uh, just a fantastic community to be in. And as we're seeing the crypto community now converge with industries like IoT, we're starting to see a lot more, I think, innovation coming from um, these new industries that are waking up to the potential blockchain. And that also is kind of getting us back to this evangelist mode. And, and that's also you know, something that I think a lot of the folks that have been in the crypto industry are, are very good at. And now we're seeing a very well-trained thought through value proposition for new industries to start um, hearing more about the technology. And that's also exciting because we're seeing new people wake up to the idea and potential. Absolutely. And, and such an exciting journey you've been on. It truly is such a such diverse and exciting things that, that brought you to this point. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been, um, you know, I think that's the, that's the, really the theme within blockchain and crypto is there is a very diverse group of, um, individuals coming together to solve problems. There is no expert in crypto or blockchain. I mean, you could say there's some cryptography experts that are out there, but until they matched up with various folks in finance and economics and and the, the coding element of, of the developer world, all of those create a combination effect, which I think is what we're seeing today. So that's where areas like, you know, Boston, where, where I live and, and spend my time in the in the crypto community there, they just have the, the perfect ingredients for a thriving community going forward around blockchain because they have academics and the research potential of the institutions. They have VC money. They have all the entrepreneurs and engineers and IoT companies. So there's a lot of really interesting pockets in the U.S. and around the world that are all doing many things. But I think the common thread is a diverse ecosystem of people coming together to solve some of the big problems that they feel that this technology can solve. And that's pretty exciting to see when you go around the world. Yeah, absolutely. So if people want to learn more about autonomy, get involved, uh, follow your journey here, what is the best way for them to connect? Best way would be to check the website first. So it's autonomy.io. Um, join our Telegram group, our Telegram community. We're at about 28,000 people there that have all come to us in the last couple months. So I think we've created an awful lot of buzz there. That's a great way to get directly involved in conversation about a project and meet others that are just as passionate as we are about solving this problem. And then um, we are just launching in the next couple of weeks our global 
developer incentive program where I'll be going to Seoul, Korea to launch our first developer meetup. And we're going to be having developer meetups, workshops, and a global hackathon program that's going to occur um, concurrently around the world. Um, it really, at any point in time, we're going to have new challenges being pitched and rewards being um, awarded to various innovations that come out of that. And that's going to be something where if you're really passionate about blockchain and IoT, we'd love to have you come join our community and help us reshape the future. And that's a, a great way to get directly involved in, in what we're doing. And there's more to come there, but all those pieces of information and updates all go through our Telegram channel first. And you can get to the Telegram if you go to our website, and there's a link there for you. Fantastic. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us here today and, and giving us this nice history of yourself and of autonomy and the solutions that you're bringing to this space. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. That is David Fragel. He is the CEO, or sorry, co-founder and chief product officer at Autonomy. Thank you all so much for joining us here today on Feature Tech Podcast. This has been Juliette Lamar. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.